Thank you for joining us for this podcast of the Family Fellowship of Greenville, located in Greenville, Texas. If you'd like more information about our church, please log on to www.familyfellowship.us or email us at info at familyfellowship.us. Now here's lead pastor, Paul Blue. Good morning, everyone. If you have a Bible today, would you please turn to Romans chapter 5. So we stepped into December yesterday, which means Christmas is beginning to take over. Many of you, you've already got your Christmas tree up or trees up. It's kind of a new thing now to have multiple trees. You Maybe you have lights on the house, all that. We've got roughly 20 more shopping days till Christmas. So I wanted to begin the month with a public service announcement to all the men. Guys. Some of us are getting ready to make the biggest mistake of the whole year. If your gift to your wife, fiancé, or girlfriend has anything to do with cooking, cleaning, or her body... Now listen to me, I'm just trying to help a brother out. Don't do it! I don't care how much she needs a new vacuum, how old the old toaster is... Or how many times she's mentioned that she might want to lose a few pounds or tone a few things up. Do not get her a gym membership or something to Jenny Craig. Often we do stuff like that because, you know, it's just hard sometimes to, to find the right gift. And, but it's not just for our, our wives. It's hard to find for our husbands, our children, parents, you know. But that's what we do at Christmas, right? We, we give gifts. We act unselfishly. To give things to other people. But, but what's often easy for us to forget is this. We don't do that. We don't do that unselfish gift giving because of the example set by Santa Claus. We do it because of the example set for us by God. God is the model. He is our example of what unselfish giving looks like. We all know that the gift that God gave us is his son, Jesus. But I want to spend the next four weeks unwrapping just exactly what that means on a more practical level. And today I want to share a message with you that's simply titled Unwrapping the Gift of Forgiveness. So let's just launch right into your message notes this morning. The first point in your notes is this. Forgiveness is a gift made possible through Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, we're going to begin reading what potentially could be in, in parts of a little difficult passage to understand trying to make sure that it's clear by the time we finish it. Verse 12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. You see, we talk about that through Adam, we inherited his sin nature. Adam rebelled against God in his disobedience, and that sin nature has fallen to all of us. Verse 13, yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. And here's what I want you to focus on. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. 
So in this passage of Scripture, the Bible is comparing and contrasting Adam and Jesus. When Adam disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, that sin resulted in death, both physical and spiritual. So every human body will die. Now, I want to stop here for a second. I just want to make sure that you get that. You do acknowledge that every person is going to die, right? I mean, short of the Lord's coming, every human being is going to die, correct? Okay. That also means that you're going to die. It's easy to talk about it in the grander scheme of people, but it means that you're going to die. It also means that everybody that you love and care for is going to die as well. So since we know that, either when we are dying or when people that we love are dying, why do we get upset about it? If we know that that's what's going to happen, why do we get upset? Or or why do we get mad at God about it? See, I think the reason is this. It isn't really the dying that we're mad about because we know that's just what happens. We're not upset about the dying. We're upset about the timing. You see, we want more time. And that's the beauty of the gift of forgiveness that God has made possible through Jesus. Through one man, Adam, sin entered and death entered the world. But I've got great news this morning. Through the one man, Jesus, Jesus, forgiveness of sin is made possible. And for all who receive this gift of forgiveness of sin, they gain eternity. You know what another word for eternity is? No end of time. I guess that's not one word, is it? We get upset because we want more time. But God offers unending time if we will just unwrap the gift of forgiveness made possible by Christ's death on the cross. And here's the emphasis of Romans chapter 5. It's, it's found in verse 15. I think it's going to be on the screen behind me. And here's what I want you to do, like we did last week. There's one word that's bold. It's, it's, it's highlighted. I want you to say that word. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his of forgiveness. You see, forgiveness of sin is a gift made possible through Jesus. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later. But there's something that's unique about this gift. It's the second thing I want you to see, and it's this. He offered this gift to his enemies. Now, we all have different Christmas family traditions and different family dynamics as to who we might buy gifts for, but it's probably safe to say that the majority of you that are going to give a Christmas gift to someone, who you have on your list is your spouse, your children, your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, grandchildren, maybe some really close friends, and then maybe some families that you know that are in a financial crisis that it's, it's looking bleak for them to have a Christmas at all. But I doubt that anybody is putting a great amount of thought and saving a bunch of money to buy a gift for an enemy. I doubt that there's very many of you that you're talking to your spouse and you're saying, you know, you remember that that guy that, that hit me in the parking lot and damaged the car and didn't have insurance? I wonder what he'd like for Christmas. Or, or maybe for for... Some of our high school girls, I doubt that many of you are are thinking about that girl that called you that really bad word and stole your boyfriend. I doubt that you're thinking, I wonder if she would like these earrings. 
Now, here's where some of you, you're, you're, you're going to be super spiritual, and you're thinking, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have any enemies. Well, you call it what you want. But everybody has someone who has hurt them deeply, whether physical or emotional. And I doubt that they're on your shopping list. But even when we were God's enemies, because of our sin, he offered to us the gift of forgiveness. Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 says this, While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. See, I think sometimes we, we get this idea that, well, why wouldn't God offer forgiveness for me? I mean, I'm pretty awesome. But because of our sin, it made us enemies with God. And yet, while we were his enemies, he offered to us forgiveness of sin. And there's another word in there. We, we probably focus on the word enemies as we read it there. But there's another word that says that we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. You see, forgiveness is a gift that God offers to his enemies, number three, so that reconciliation with God could be made possible. Verse 16. And the result of that one man's sin, uh, the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. You see, verse 10 tell, told us that forgiveness made reconciliation possible. And here, verse 16 tells us exactly what that means, what reconciliation means. It means that despite our sin, we can be made right with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19 says this, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So the natural result of our sin is death, both physical and spiritual. But God made it possible through Jesus for us to unwrap this gift of forgiveness and be reconciled to God, be made right with God, and gain the ultimate reward, which is no end of time. And isn't that what we said is really our problem with death? We just want more time, and God offers us eternity in his presence where there will never again be any sickness or any death or any heartache or any people that will have the ability or wherewithal to hurt us deeply. And speaking of those who have hurt us deeply, I just read the first part of, of verse 19 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but it goes on to say this, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. See, forgiveness, reconciliation, isn't just something that's supposed to happen between God and mankind. But also something that's supposed to happen between mankind and mankind. And during this Christmas season, and in today's message, not only am I going to encourage you, if you've never unwrapped the gift of forgiveness of sin from Jesus, I'm also going to be encouraging you to unwrap the gift of forgiveness you know, you might even say it's re-gifting. Taking that gift of forgiveness that God has offered you and then taking it and sharing it with someone else. Sharing forgiveness with someone that has maybe hurt you deeply. You know, I, I, I've come to learn that when we talk 
in general, but I think especially in the church, when we talk about offering people that have hurt us, offering them forgiveness, a lot of times the attitude is, is why should I forgive people that hurt me? They hurt me. Why can't I just move on and just, just ignore them? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says this, Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, you were God's enemy. And yet, he offered you forgiveness. And now we are told that because we were offered forgiveness that we should be willing to offer forgiveness as well. See, there's more to unwrapping this gift of forgiveness than just us receiving it from God. We need to follow God's example, and we need to offer it to others, and not just the people that we love that have hurt us. We need to offer forgiveness even to our enemies, those who have hurt us deeply. And if we choose not to, the question is, why can't I just move on and ignore it? Because if we do, there are negative consequences that we have to face. So I know that, that uh, one of, you know, all of our frustrations in driving is, you know, if you're on the frontage road and someone comes off the interstate and you're supposed to yield to them, but they yield. That's aggravating. Follow the dang rules. That's what the, Right? Or when you're on the interstate and you're coming off, you're exiting on the ramp, and they're supposed to yield to you, and they don't. That's aggravating too, right? There's signs that remind them, if you're coming off the interstate, there's signs that remind them that they are to yield to you. And technically, if they fail to yield to you, you know what you can do? You can teach them a lesson. You can take your car and you can just smash right into the side of theirs or the back of their car. And they will have gotten what they deserved. There's just one problem with that. Your car's damaged too. You see, vindication, inflicting justifiable pain in our minds when wronged brings about personal loss as well. Forgiveness is a much better option. When we fail to forgive, we may hurt those who hurt us, but we also don't realize that we're hurting ourselves. But when we forgive, we're choosing not to do damage to ourselves. You see, the truth is, the question is, can I just move on? The truth is, we can never really move on unless we forgive. You see... Forgiveness isn't something you do for the benefit of the person who hurt you. Forgiveness is something you do for the benefit of you. Let me say that again. Forgiveness isn't something you do for the benefit of the person who hurt you. Forgiveness is something you do for the benefit of you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness 
grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You see, what happens is, is, is two things when we're hurt by people. The first is this, being hurt by people can result in bitterness. That's what we just read about here. And we talk a lot about the bitterness aspect in church. But, but the, the English word that we just read, bitterness, comes from the Greek word that means venomous. Bitterness is like a snake venom. It is a poison that spreads through us and it does a lot of damage, but it does it slowly enough that we may not even notice the damage that it's doing. Bitterness is a big problem and it's one that gets talked about a lot. But there's even a worse issue that I want to talk to you about this morning that many of us deal with when we're hurt and we may not even realize it. It's this. Being repeatedly hurt by people can result in cynicism. Let me try to help you just to be, be clear, understand what cynicism is. Uh, it is a form of skepticism, but, but it's personal. Cynicism is a severe mistrust of other people with an ongoing assumption that their motives are always selfish. Cynicism, I've noticed, never gets the attention in the church that bitterness does. But it does more damage, and here's why. While they both affect the one who was hurt, bitterness is, is projected primarily only to the one who did the hurting. Cynicism, on the other hand, is projected onto everyone. Here's what I mean. When we get hurt repeatedly, we begin to lose hope in all people. And as a result, we begin to protect ourselves from future hurt by shutting off all people. By, by having no hope in finding one who will actually care about us. And since we've been hurt so many times before, we go into self-protection mode. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Cynicism kills hope. Hope that we can love and be loved. And the emotional toll is expensive. You see, past hurt, that repeated hurt, can stop us from loving future people. I know this is true because I've experienced it. In the last four or five years, Several people, multiple families in our church that Lynn and I were, were really, really close to, close friends with, people we vacationed with, people that we were their go-to to keep their kids if they were going out of town, people that we invested tons of time in, people that, that came to us and asked us to pray with them about their unsafe family members but, and to pray with them about their wayward teenagers and people that we counseled and loved through marriage difficulties People that we loved on a much deeper level. I don't think I need to explain this, but while Lynn and I love all of you, some of you, we don't get the time that we do with really, really close friends. Does that make sense? And these were people that I'm talking about were people that were really, really close friends of ours. 
And those people left our church. And I'm talking about just in the last four or five years, multiples of this. It was a repeated pattern. Left our church, severed our friendship, and then when they got away, spoke critically about Lynn and I. And you know what? I wasn't bitter. Not for one moment. And so I thought I had forgiven them. But something else besides bitterness began to envelop me that I didn't notice. And it was this thing called cynicism. And the same happened for Lynn. Lynn was so hurt. She revealed this to me later that she prayed that God would just give her friends that didn't go to our church. Because that way, when they got mad and left, which they were going to because that's what always happens, it wouldn't hurt as bad. Me, on the other hand, I just went into what I would call pastor self-protection mode. Which was, if I'm going to keep pastoring, I can't take this level of hurt repeatedly. So I just decided I wouldn't let my guard down in, in any relationships. And I wouldn't let relationships go very deep. And while she and I were away last month, in just the course of it just being her and I, we began to talk about this. Uh, we didn't mean to. It's just, it just happened. And it was like, ding, a light bulb came on in my head I thought that since I wasn't bitter that I had forgiven them but what I had done was just moved on and let cynicism take over and my cynicism showed me that I was still holding on to the hurt and it was stopping me from investing in and loving future people I've told probably thousands of people over the years at funerals that the pain that they're feeling is the price of loving people deeply. If you never love anyone, you never experience that type of pain. And, and it's, it was this time when, I, when, when we were talking about it that, that that light bulb went off and I was like, I, I don't want to be that guy. I want to risk the pain of loving people and being loved. And cynicism tried to rob me of that and it will do it to you too. You see, forgiveness is a decision. Not to benefit the person that hurt you, but to benefit you. To protect you from bitterness and cynicism. Now, I know you have some other things in your notes. I'm not going to have time to get to, to, to Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 13. So let me just kind of begin to wrap it up this way. You may be wondering, okay, well, how do I forgive? Did you know that basically the Bible says, just do it? It doesn't really say, here's, here's 10 steps, 12 steps. 12 steps is better, right? Here's 12 steps. 12 steps to overcome hurt. 12 steps to... The path of forgiveness. It doesn't really say that. It just says, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. Which, quite honestly, is not fair. Because he's Jesus, right? And he just has that ability. But 
But we have to fight through it. We have to be purposeful. We have to acknowledge the why we need to forgive. So, so in, in your mind, it's okay, well, how do I forgive? The Bible says just do it. So I decided to put some practical steps to it. These are not biblical, right? But you know what? They might be worth you writing these down. Because maybe they will help you in the way they've helped me. There's just four of them. The first is this. I've decided that I don't wish for those that have hurt me to reap what they've sown. You know what our natural instinct is when someone has hurt us? We hope that they get hurt the same way. And that just launches us into a bad place. I think the first practical way for us to, to begin to put skin on how to forgive people is to develop the attitude, you know what? I don't wish for them to reap what they've sown. Secondly, I don't need for them to do anything to make up for it. It would be awesome if the person that has hurt us deeply would come to us and say, I am so, so sorry. I can't, I can't excuse what I've done. But I want you to, and I can't undo the hurt that I've caused, but I want you to know I am so sorry. And maybe even give a reason that they, that they might, why they did it. But you know what? I think the path to forgiveness is coming to grips with, I don't need them to do anything to make up for it. You know why that one's important to me? Because God didn't ask us to do anything. He just extended grace to us, which is next week's message, by the way. Third, I want to see their lives bring glory to God. Um, this could be one that just goes whoosh, right past us, but I think this one is powerful, honestly. Did you know that if, if we can truly look at the people that have hurt us and, and desire, you know what, ultimately, I just, I just hope that their life can bring glory to God. That God can use them and use their story and he, he get glory from it. That allows us to step back and, and feel like God's got this. And God's got it in his time. And I don't have to worry about it. And then, fourth, whether they're in my life or not is irrelevant. I think sometimes we have this mistaken notion that when we forgive someone, we've got to beg them to get back in our life and get right. It's irrelevant. Maybe they do. Great. Maybe they don't. Great. It's, it doesn't matter. You see, because what we're doing in offering forgiveness isn't to benefit them. It's to benefit us. And I think if we look at these things, I don't, I don't wish for them to reap what they've sown. I don't need them to do anything to make up for it. I just want to see their lives bring glory to God. And whether they're in my life or not is irrelevant. What happens is, is we're, able, we're making that choice, that decision to offer forgiveness. And protect ourselves from bitterness and even worse, cynicism. Christmas is a time of giving and receiving 
gifts. Some of you here today, you need to give that gift of forgiveness to somebody that's hurt you. I think probably the, the one other thing that may be going through people's minds is, is, well, do I need to go to them? The question is, is do you want to really offer forgiveness and be able to actually move on? Or are you trying to get them to give you something back in return for the hurt? I, I just want you to understand, you can forgive somebody without having to go to them and say, I forgive you. Has anybody ever done that to you? Has anybody ever come up to you and said, you know what, you did this to me, but I forgive you. Can I be honest, I've had a lot of people do that to me, and I'm like, this doesn't sit well on me. I don't know why, I'm just being honest. It's like, I feel like you're just trying to jab a spear in my side here. I mean, I, I want, you know, to be forgiven of what I've done, but I'm just not sure that's really seeking forgiveness. I think that's trying to open up a wound again. Do you need to go to someone to really offer forgiveness? No, because what you're doing is for you, not for them. And there are people here today that need to offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you. And if I'm describing you today, in a moment we're going to have a, a, a time of what we would call invitation, and I, I just hope that you'll take some time and just pray. And begin to get your heart in the place where you can offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you deeply. It's the best gift you'll ever give yourself. But I also think that it's the possibility that there's other, others here today that need to receive the gift of forgiveness that God offers through His Son, Jesus. Remember, we talked about that forgiveness is a what? It's a gift. So I don't know how your Christmas works. But let's just, let's just create a scenario here where your Christmas is, everyone gets up on Christmas morning and you, you gather around the, the tree and you begin to, to get the gifts out. And, and you know, some, some people, they do the deal where they go and it's just a free-for-all, right? And then others, you know, you go find the gift that has your name on it and you put it in the pile. So Paul's pile is here and Lynn's pile is here and Ray's pile is, you know, like that. And then some do where you go get the gifts that are from you and you put them in your pile. So that when it's time, you go and you give them the gift. Let's just play that game for a second. Let's say that you have in front of you the, the gifts that, that you're going to give to your family members. And so you go to, so I've got one, I'm going to give it to Lynn. I go, here, here, Lynn, this is to you. And she begins to reach out for it. And I go, whoa, 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 that's going to be $50. <laughs> or maybe I don't do that, but I hold it out to her, and she begins to reach for it. I go, whoa, 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 you're going to have to go clean the kitchen first. <laughs> is, is it, is it really a gift? If I'm expecting something back, what's the nature of a gift? It's free. 
So when I go and I give her the gift, you know what she has to do to make it her own? She doesn't have to give me $50. She doesn't have to go work for it. She has to extend her arms and accept it. God loves you so much that he is offering this free gift of forgiveness whereby your sin can be forgiven and you can be reconciled, made right with God. And you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. All you have to do is extend your arms and accept it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? If you're here this morning and you need to extend forgiveness to those who have hurt you, I encourage you right now, why don't you begin to to just unfold that to God? God, these people have hurt me and I've been holding on to this and maybe I'm struggling with bitterness or maybe I'm struggling with cynicism, but I don't want to be that person, God. So I just want to release this. I want to make this decision for my benefit to be obedient to your word. Because you've offered it to me, I'm going to offer it to them. Why don't you take some time right now where you sit and just begin to offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you. But there may be someone here today, I believe there is, and you've never received the gift of forgiveness from God through His Son, Jesus. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And he proved it by dying on the cross to pay the price for your sin. And how you can be made right with God is by extending your arms this morning, symbolically and just receiving the free gift of forgiveness of sin. The Bible says that if we will just confess that we're sinners and that Jesus is the Savior, and we will put our faith and trust in Him, we can be reconciled with God. Would you do that today? If you need to commit your life to Jesus for forgiveness of sin, why don't you pray this with me today? And mean it from the bottom of your heart. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need Jesus. Who will offer me forgiveness of sin? I realize that I don't have to buy it. And I don't have to earn it. I just have to receive it. And God, today, I want to receive the gift of forgiveness of sin. And out of gratitude, I will attempt to live the rest of my life to please you and to follow you and to trust you in all things. I tell you, if you prayed that prayer or you prayed anything like that, but you meant it from the bottom of your heart, The Bible says you can know that you have eternal life. And it's 
all because of Jesus. And forgiveness. Heavenly Father, pray this morning for everyone here. Lord, I pray that if there are any that came this morning not knowing Christ as their Savior, that today they will have unwrapped that gift of forgiveness of sin. And I pray, Lord, that they will allow us, that they will bring us into their story and allow us to know the decision that they've made so that we can help them and assist them as they begin a new relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for any here today that are struggling because they've been hurt by others or they've been repeatedly hurt. Some may be struggling with bitterness, some with cynicism, but God, I pray that today that we would shed that out of our life by offering forgiveness to those who have hurt us. God, help us to realize that in order to live fully for Jesus, we've got to be obedient in all things. So God, help us to obey you in this today and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before Danny comes, I want to just uh, call to your attention something that we do every year, which is our Christmas project offering. We've always felt like we've done this for for 15 years or so. We've always felt like it was kind of odd that on Jesus' birthday, everybody gets gifts except for Jesus. And so we decided we used to call it our birthday present for Jesus offering, but now we just call it our Christmas project offering. And so every year we ask you to pray about an amount to include in your Christmas giving for us, and then we share with you who is going to be the recipient. In the years past, we've done multiple missionaries. It always involves our missionaries. Uh, But in years past, it's been multiple missionaries. This year, we have a very unique situation. And in your insert, it has all the details here. I I hope that you'll take a a moment and read this and and, and put it somewhere where you can pray uh, for the Matthews family. Most missionaries, when they go... Uh, to a foreign land to take the saving message of Jesus to people, they often have a hundred or so churches that financially support them and support them with prayer. The Matthews family is just not your traditional missionaries. Matthew is Indian. They serve in India. Krista is an American who met Matthew there. They serve together. They are an awesome team. Many of you, you've been there. You've seen what they do. Um, I don't know what the number is now, but are they down to four or five supporters left? They have nobody to turn to when they have real needs. And when you look on this list, they have some real needs. They've got some ministry needs, some personal needs, and some health needs. Krista needs, is it knees? Two knees replaced. She can hardly get in and out of a car. And just so you know, India isn't really ADA compliant. There are some huge needs here for them. Uh, I'm not going to go over all this. It's there and you can read it. But they're going to be the recipients of our Christmas Project offering. You can give to that all month, but we will stop that offering on the last Sunday of the month. And on your offering envelope, there's some at the offering boxes. There's some in the pews in front of you. And you just put it in the other line. And you can just write Christmas uh, below that. And uh, so whether it's a one-time gift, you just try to give a little bit every week. doesn't matter to us. But we will uh, compile all that, and then we will send that to them and begin to help them with these huge needs that they have.